Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. I'd love to ask um, this question um, this morning. Um, what does it mean uh, to be part of an apostolic movement? And um, if you don't know what those words mean, you're in exactly the right place. Um, so you may or may not be aware, but you guys as a church, Christ Church, you're part of Christ Central and part of New Frontiers. Um, that's what those little logos are. Um, Christ Central is a, a family of churches, um, around 300 churches in, in 25 different nations uh, around the world, uh, around 45 churches uh, based in the UK. And then Christ Central is actually part of a wider family of churches called New Frontiers. And New Frontiers is now thousands of churches uh, in over 90 different nations around the world. And um, if you wanted to describe us as a family of churches, you might say that we are an apostolic and prophetic uh, movement. And so I'd love to open up uh, Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 30, to underline what some of that actually means for you as a church family in practice, uh, Acts 11, 19 uh, to 30. When we think about the words uh, apostolic and prophetic, uh, the, the word apostle or apostolic um, comes from a kind of Roman word that um, when the uh, Romans wanted to go into a new place, they would send an apostle, they would send a delegate, someone with the authority of Rome to go and kind of introduce what Rome was all about, if you like. And so the New Testament writers kind of stole that word and used that uh, to describe um, being uh, sent not by a Roman authority, but by God himself. And so when we think of the word apostle, we think about a delegate, a messenger, one sent forth with orders. And uh, when we think about the word prophetic, um, this uh, refers to the spirit of God moving people to be his spokesperson. So hopefully what we're going to see in Acts 11, verse 19 uh, to 30, is a lot of God sending and a lot of God speaking. God sending and God speaking. So what does it mean to be part of an apostolic prophetic movement? It means being part of a God sending and a God speaking family of churches. Um, so let's start um, Acts 11, uh, verse 19, just to give um, some context as to what's going in on here. God has created the universe. Uh, he's put his hand on Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph. He's led his people out of captivity, out of Egypt, as we were singing. And he's led them into the promised land. They failed to uh, be blessed to be a blessing, is what they were called. There is then a, start, a period of silence, and God comes in human flesh as Jesus. Jesus uh, uh, dies, rises again. Um, and then releases his followers to start churches, to start communities of Christ's followers. And the church in Jerusalem grew. Um, they appointed deacons. One of them was a guy called Stephen, and he was accused of speaking against Moses. Um, and uh, he proclaimed the gospel to people. He's then stoned to death. And uh, the first kind of Christian martyr, Stephen, and after that death, the kind of floodgates of persecution opened on the church in Jerusalem. And so the church in Jerusalem, as Jesus warned them when persecution would come, they flee. They're kind of as cunning as snakes, and they kind of flee. 
Um, they go as far as uh, Antioch, which was over 300 miles away from Jerusalem, and this huge city about 10 times the size of Jerusalem, about five times the number of people. So that's where we get to in, in Acts 11, verse 19 to 21. It says this. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed travelled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So, what we see is God sending through a scattering. The church in Jerusalem is there, persecution comes, and many of the people in the church run for their lives uh, to Antioch. And um, that's what you're a part of. Um, when we say you're part of Christ Central, you're part of a sending movement. And often it's through incredibly hard situations. In fact, our churches in Ukraine at the moment, 14 churches uh, before the world war, now trying to lead churches and pastor churches and serve people during the conflict. Um, it's been incredibly inspiring to hear how um, in such incredibly difficult situations they're thinking about actually now to scatter we're going to plant a church here. And uh, often through incredibly hard um, times God sends us through scattering. So I'm from uh, Leeds, I've come with my good friend Donovan uh, who heads up a lot of our Alpha stuff in Leeds and um, we as a church were planted in the year 2000 and it's really strange coming through here because it's so, so similar to where we were uh, as a church family around 2003, 2004, about the same leading time that you guys are. We had a hall like this, gathering a very similar number of people. Um, God's now multiplied us. Um, we've just gone into three smaller gatherings of about this, this size. And it's been our joy over the years to plant churches out, to send people into different places. We, we have the joy of sending uh, a good team into Harrogate in 2010, a team into Bradford in 2012, and a, a team into Liverpool in 2013. And, um, but it's not easy. It's not easy being part of this um, sending movement. You know, often with tears, we prayed people and sent them to different places. So these are friends, these are people we love and care for. But just as we see in Scripture, um, God cares about sending people into new places um, to plant churches, just as you guys are gathering here. Movements can so easily become monuments. Um, I think we often used to judge church success by how many we can gather. I think now we're realising, no, it's more about how many we can send. How many we can send to our neighbours down the road, how many we can send into the nation and into the nations. And then, so God is sending through this scattering, but we also see God speaking through the sharing of the gospel. Through the sharing of the gospel. Um, in our church history, we hit some financial struggles, and so I volunteered to try and go and get a part-time job, which was pretty difficult once you've become a church um, leader. Um, but I managed to get some work as a chaplain in the courts in Bradford, and um, that was certainly an eye-opener in terms of learning um, struggles uh, people had. And um, I can remember um, chatting to this guy before he went in to uh, go and face his judgment. Um, he'd been caught with um, a whole uh, kind of house of cannabis that he was growing in his house. 
And uh, he was trying to kind of tell me that he thought he was going to be okay and it was his first kind of proper crime and um, he came, you know, put his hands up and uh, he thought he was going to be fine and I was sat there, I was trained not to give any legal counsel, but I was sat there thinking, I don't think you are, that was a lot of cannabis. Um, and, um, and I'll never forget the moment, he, we, we went into the courtroom and um, he stood there and the kind of judge pronounced his judgment and pounded his gavel and sentenced him to a number of years in prison. And, and the weight of the judgment came upon his son, he literally couldn't stand and did that to hold him up as he, as he came face to face with the kind of consequence of what he'd done. And I'd say this with, with uh, humility and a sense of profound holy awe, but actually there is a day when all of us will, will face judgment before God. That's what the Bible teaches, don't blame me, and Jesus, then the Bible. Um, and the good news, though, is that that judge that we worship it doesn't just pronounce judgment. He's the same judge that steps down off his, off his kind of sand and take the judgment that we deserve, and take the punishment that we deserve. That's the gospel, the good news that we believe that Christ died for our sins in our place, and he's taken the judgment which, that we deserve upon his shoulders. And this early church knew that, and so they knew the kind of intensity of this message they'd been entrusted with. And so as they went, despite hitting persecution in Jerusalem, as they went, they started sharing the good news about Jesus. Jesus said, fully God, fully man has come and he's paid the price for your sins and he's risen from the dead to demonstrate that he wasn't just a martyr, he was God himself. And um, this news went forth and some in church today will say, oh, this is what we need to do. We need to kind of forget about gathering together and meeting. Uh, we need to be just uh, among people, just like they were there gossiping the gospel, like sharing the good news. Um, and, and that's kind of the verse there in Acts 11, verse 19. It, it talks about them spreading the word, kind of, um, you know, one-on-one, you know, people they bump into and, and meet. If read this in Acts 11, verse 20, the very next verse, um, they were also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the, the scripture there means about proclaiming in a large gathering, a bit like what we're doing today, proclaiming the good news. And so when some Christians will say, oh, we just need to kind of stop meeting and being, and we need to kind of just share the gospel, and other Christians will say, oh, no, no, we need to just be, be together if you want some fancy terms for it. Um, oh, we just need to be in, um, um, incarnational, we need to be among people, or we need to be attractional, like just gathering people and having a big thing. Actually, what we see in the New Testament is both. It's not either or. So we share the gospel through our lives, but we also gather together and have opportunities to proclaim the gospel uh, more widely. Uh, just related to that, my, my wife Jo, who sadly couldn't be with us today, um, didn't know I was speaking on this point, and she just prayed for you guys and sent me a message to encourage you. So I'll read this to you. It says this, God wants to encourage people in the everyday places and people they connect with. He is weaving his kingdom in surprising ways. This is a message she felt God speaking to you guys. Uh, he is weaving his kingdom in surprising ways and his truth is being spread like wildfire through the mouths of his sons and daughters in their normal lives. People are seeking peace for their restless, dissatisfied souls. Sons and daughters, Christ in you dwells and brings freedom in unseen ways. We people of prayer 
I thought that was interesting. Considering what we were saying about prayer earlier, be people of prayer and be hopeful in the hopeless. Um, so you be encouraged. Um, I think what the Lord's saying to you in your everyday life. Sometimes you can think, am, am I really being a light and salt for the people around me? Um, but actually, it's often a process of many years of people observing your life, getting to know you, seeing the hope that you have as you travel through difficult life situations where lights start to go on and people journey and start to become more open to who we worship the Lord Jesus. So, uh, Acts 11, 19 to 21. What does it mean to be part of an apostolic movement? Well, we see that God sends through scattering and God speaks through gospel sharing. Let's continue the story. Acts 11, 22 to 24 says this. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So Barnabas, we've heard about him in in Acts 4. Uh, This is the guy who sells his field. Uh, He's known for being an encourager. And the church in Jerusalem, when they hear about this kind of gathering in Antioch, they send Barnabas to go and support what God is doing in this place. Um, They send their best, if you like, by sending Barnabas. Um, We had to have, uh, a few years ago, some building work done in our house, and um, and there was going to be some kind of movement of structure, and when they did that, they said the house is is a little bit insecure, so we need to get some aggro props, some big, any builders among us will know these things, some big chunks of kind of metal pole to make sure that the house doesn't fall down. And if you like, the church in Jerusalem heard about this great um, encouragement of people coming to faith, and they thought, actually, we need some aggro props, if you like. Uh, we need something to support and strengthen and to make sure that this work will continue. And so they send uh, Barnabas to come and support what God has done. So God sends to strengthen, to strengthen. And... Um, and God speaks through encouragement. Barnabas, this one who encourages, I don't think it's kind of encouragement of, you know, great, go for it, guys. You know, it's encourage to put courage into these people. Remember, they fled for their lives from Jerusalem. They're, you know, they're at risk of, of being, you know, thinking, is this persecution going to catch up on us? Remember Paul, who would travel when the persecution, uh, wanting to bring the persecution and catch up with the Christians, if you like. You know, Stephen, probably many of the people knew this guy. He'd just been killed for his faith. And so Barnabas comes and encourages them, no, remain true to the Lord. Remain true to the Lord. And um, I think we all need encouragement. If anything like me, you need it very, very regularly. I'm very grateful for prophetic words that come to my life. But actually, what's kept me going, I think, is encouragement. People just saying, you know, God's on you, God's with you. Keep being true to him. And um, I remember personally wanting to just quit. Um, it happens very, very, very quickly for me. Um, in 2008, I just wanted to quit church leadership. We've been through uh, a leadership crisis, and I just had enough. I, just, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it's too painful, <laughs> and um, it hurts too much. And um, and uh, Jeremy, who he, he leads the um, the Christ Central team. Um, as we were going through this crisis, he said, I think I need to send to you Paul and Jean Woodward. And so Paul and Jean came and kind of set up camp with us as a church for about six months. 
And I can remember meeting with Paul and sharing him my woes, and he was very patient, he kind of listened to me for an hour. And then he said, Chris, what has God called you to do? I said, oh, uh, I think he's probably called me to, to stay in the church and to, to help lead. And he said, the best is just eat out. <laughs> and, and, and in that moment, you just feel the kind of conviction of the Holy Spirit. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but we need this strengthening. We need this encouragement um, as we're involved in apostolic and prophetic um, service and ministry. And we need people to come and strengthen us, to encourage us. And you yourselves as a church need to strengthen and encourage others. Um, and that's why we need relationship. So uh, let's go back to the story, Acts 11, verse 25 to 26. Then Barnabas uh, went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So remember, the church in Jerusalem They've kind of ran for their lives. They've set up in Antioch. The church in Jerusalem has then kind of sent Barnabas to be like an agro-prop to encourage and strengthen the work that's going on there. Then Barnabas in Antioch kind of nips down the road uh, to Tarsus and, and picks up Paul. So uh, Paul, he, he was the guy who was persecuting the church in Jerusalem, um, but then God met him on the Damascus Road. And then uh, Paul went to Tarsus where he grew up uh, to kind of mull over everything that was going on in his life. And then Barnabas thinks, I know who I need. I need to go and get Paul. So he gets Paul and brings him to Antioch. And Paul and Barnabas uh, teach the church for a whole year there. Um, and uh, I just love this sense of relationship, how Barnabas and Paul knew each other in the church in Jerusalem. And, and God kind of was sending through this relationship. Barnabas didn't get kind of some message from God. He might have, but it just, it just seems from the reading of it that they had this relationship and, and Barnabas is like, I need Paul here actually with me. And um, so God, God kind of sending through relationship. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about being part of a, a wider movement is that um, it's great just to meet Julian and, and Andrea uh, today and get to know you and to uh, have met many, many times um, Ben and Jen. And, and just kind of getting to know each other and forming relationships outside of our context and bringing in each other's gifts in different ways. Hopefully me and Donovan here today being part of modelling what it is um, to be part of a movement. I know you've had many other people from different churches come and visit and encourage, and I know you will encourage different churches and places and contexts at that time. And, um, and we need this kind of sense of relationship to release each other into what we've been called to do. Um, I know for me it was, um, I mean at university I, I, I just wanted to quit, I just wanted to go and tell people about Jesus. I thought how is this course going to help me do that? I, and, and so I was about to literally hand in my resignation but fortunately I um, got a couple of people to pray for me and um, my friends prayed for me and they said Chris we've got a picture of you in a catapult and you're being pulled back and God says, now is not the time for you to be released into this idea of kind of telling people about Jesus the old time. And um, anyway, fast forward about five or six years, uh, seven years actually, uh, six, six years, and um, been through some very difficult things with work. Uh, I had to bury my father, 
And um, you just think about these prophetic words. It's what was referenced earlier, you know, maybe that was just a bit of cheese that someone ate. Or, you know. um, but anyway, I was in a prayer meeting, and um, this guy called Mike, uh, Mike Springer, had been kind of discipling me and helping me. And, um, and he, we were in a prayer meeting, and he was praying for me, and he said, this might sound strange, um, but I have a picture of you in a catacomb. And God says, now's the time for you to be released. And I just got very emotional. You know, I felt kind of God had forgotten about that promise. Um, and unbeknown to this guy, God called him to go and serve another church um, that was part of the Christ Central um, family um, in Darlington. And someone needed to kind of do what he was doing in the church. And just within a few weeks of him prophesying that, um, I was asked to take on his role in the church. And... Um, and you just think, man, we need these people, you know, and so I've continued friendship with him and hopefully I'm a blessing to other people in different churches. We need each other um, to encourage one another. We need these relationships to strengthen us. We can't do this alone. We can do a uh, classic New Frontiers quote is we can do more together than we can apart. And then you notice the church here, um, I love this, one of your, your values, loving biblical truth uh, of God's presence. And, um, and they taught the church for a whole year. And um, it's so good to put yourself under biblical teaching um, from the Bible. There are so many messages coming at us, so many different ideas and perspectives. It's kind of information overload. But to come every Sunday, and I don't know about you, I, I, I can drive now. Um, I can't remember any of my driving lessons, though. Maybe even one or two, I can remember a little bit of that one. Um, but if I get into a car, I can drive. And it's often the same with teaching. We think, I can't even remember what was preached last week or two weeks ago. I sometimes can't remember what I preached last week. Um, but actually, as we put ourselves under teaching, hopefully we know some of how to do the Christian life, how to follow Jesus. It goes in somewhere, somehow. And that is what we see the commitment here, teaching them for a whole year together, team teaching, not individual, team teaching, teaching of the Bible. And so... Uh, we've seen how God's sending through relationship and God's speaking um, through teaching. Um, the last section now is uh, Acts 11, uh, verse 27 to 30. Acts 11, 27 to 30. And it says this. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders, Barnabas and Saul. So, church in Jerusalem, Stephen is martyred, opens the persecution, the Christians run and flee to Antioch. They start sharing and proclaiming the good news about Jesus. Church in Jerusalem send their best Barnabas, Barnabas uh, grabs Saul or Paul, depending on Greek or Hebrew, and they bring him uh, into Antioch and they teach the church for a whole year. And then the church in Jerusalem decides to send Agabus, who's a prophet, and his friends. Um, and they, they come and they prophesy uh, to the church. And uh, they prophesy about a famine coming. And so the church in Antioch sends uh, finance uh, back uh, to the church in Jerusalem via Paul and Barnabas. And um, it must have been a beautiful thing to receive 
um, this financial need. Um, I can remember in our church, um, my wife and I, we had some financial struggles at the beginning of our marriage. And I can remember it being my birthday, and um, I really wanted to get a takeaway. And, takeaway fans, yeah. and um, but I just really need a nice takeaway. But the reality is we didn't have the money to buy a takeaway. Um, anyway, I had to drop something off at a friend's house in the church, and drop something off. And he said, oh, Chris, um, before you go, it's your birthday today, isn't it? I said, yeah. Then, here's 20 quid, which back in then, as they said, buy your takeaway. Um, here's 20 quid. Um, I want you to, I want to bless you and, and for your birthday. And you know, you just kind of have one of those moments where you're like, man, God just so, is so good. He just so cares and provides and we enjoyed our takeaway on my birthday. Um, but just as we need a local church family to care for one another, often very pragmatically, childcare and, and support and, and even financially at times. Actually, we need, we need a family of churches, Christ Centrally from Thursday Rise, to help one another. Um, so the churches in Ukraine, uh, as quite central, we, we've sent um, well over £100,000 to the churches in Ukraine. New Frontiers Together has now sent, I think, over £1.3 million to the churches in Ukraine. And when you hear what that does, and you hear them emotionally kind of expressing their thanks, um, you realise it's so good to be part of, of a movement where we can help one another and be a family of churches. Um, so I want to thank you, I'm sure many of you have given here, towards the churches in Ukraine and towards our, our work, you know, the famines that we've been able to help with, just as we read in scripture in, in different places around the world. Um, it's amazing, really, a real kind of practical way of showing love and care. So God's sending to meet me, but God's speaking through prophets, so we can all hear the Lord Jesus, we're all his sheep, so we all hear the shepherd. But actually, God gives us the gift of prophets, um, people who can hear God very clearly, not infallible. In fact, Agabus later will read about him getting a prophetic word slightly wrong in Acts 21. Um, but um, God's speaking um, through the gift of prophets. Um, Jimmy is a recognised prophet in our movement. Uh, he's based in, in the church in Sheffield. And um, we would also recognise apostles. They're aware the kind of 12... Apostles are very kind of different. We've got the great apostle Jesus, we've got the 12 apostles who wrote much of the New Testament, um, but we still need this gift of an apostle. So we recognize Jeremy as an apostle among us, uh, part of Christ Central um, Church family. And so to have these gifts um, helps in terms of God speaking and God sending. Um, Ginny has shaped us as a movement with many prophetic words she's brought, even relating to finance, just as we see Agabus about. Putting, putting finance towards specific things that then go on to happen in the future, um, which is amazing to be a part of. So um, um, hopefully you've seen a little snapshot from Acts 11 as to what it means to be part of Christ Central. Um, we've seen God sending through scattering, God sending Barnabas to strengthen, God sending Paul through relationship, God sending finances to meet need. We've seen God speaking through the sharing of the gospel, God speaking through Barnabas' encouragement, God speaking through Paul and Barnabas' teaching, and God speaking through prophets. And so just as we need a local church family, I think every church needs a family of churches, not a denomination, but a family of churches to do more together than we can apart. And I don't know if you, you, you picked up on, on the story. It's amazing, isn't it? This, the generosity of the church in Jerusalem. 
we're going to send Barnabas. He was there over a year, they sent him, and probably Regal or something. Um, and then, um, then not only that, then they sent Agabus and prophets. You know, if you've got a prophet, you might want to keep hold of, no, 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 we're going to send Agabus and, and some, again, probably resourcing that. Um, but then it's amazing, this church in Antioch, hearing the prophetic word through Agabus, then raise finance and send a generous gift by Paul and Barnabas back to the church in Jerusalem. And that's been our story as a local church. You know, we're, we're focused on the local church. We want our church to grow and to thrive. And um, I believe you do here. But actually, as we've played our part in giving and sending and supporting and encouraging other churches, actually God's given us back in so amazing ways. And it's not often in the same way. You know, if you put a seed in the ground, you get a tree that doesn't look like a seed. It's very different. And so the church in Jerusalem sent people and they got money back. But actually, as we sow, God does give back, often in different ways, but he does give back. And, um, and that's what we see here, and that's been our experience as a church. I remember sending a, a couple um, called Matt and Sharon to go and plant the church. And what was funny, literally a few weeks later, a new couple came to the church. That's what their names were, Matt and Sharon. <laughs> you know, we have a moment, this is just weird and funny. Um, but actually, as you give, God gives back. Um, and they were a huge blessing to us as a church family. But just to come into land, you might think, well, is this a pragmatic thing then? Is this like an insurance policy? Is this a practical thing of making sure that you're going to be okay and you get um, blessed back? Well, no, actually, it goes even deeper than that. It goes into the very heartbeat of God. God is a, a God-sending God and a God-speaking God. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. Hebrews 1 verse uh, 1 to 2, in these last days he has spoken to us by his son. The Trinity is a, is a God-sending and God-speaking community. And in the same way, we're, we're, yes, you are here locally, God-speaking, God-sending to you down the street, but also being connected more globally. You're mirroring the very heartbeat of God, the very Trinity of God. You send and you speak um, these words. Um, it'd be great just to pray for you guys. I'm aware of time. Um, is it David? In your, in your night? Yeah. I just felt God would speak to you quickly. Is that all right? Um, just as I met you, I just feel like God would say he's made, made you a warrior, David. Or he's made you a leader. I think he's given you a very good brain. And I think you see things very well, clearly. And I feel like... Um, there's been times of pushback, but actually there's going to be times of release and sending forward. I feel like God's going to have got leadership over you, David. I think there's a leader heart on you, there's a humility on you. And, um, and yeah, I just, I just felt God's spirit was on you. You've painted drum, but wow, God's on David. I just need to encourage him today. So, so be encouraged, David. Um, go for it, mate. Go for it. Father, we just thank you that you are a God sending and God speaking, um, Trinity. Yeah, with the Son and the Spirit. Um, we do love you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We thank you for catching us up into your community and, 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 and helping us and equipping us to, to mirror you by sending and speaking. But I thank you that this is just small beginnings of what is going to be a large, glorious church here. I thank you, although there's been battle and resistance, it's often, it's, they're often just wonderful signs that are worth a Nehemiah that something beautiful and amazing significant can emerge here and which the encouraging attack comes, not discouraged. 
And so I thank you, God, for what you're going to do here. I thank you it's going to be an apostolic and prophetic base. It's going to send and strengthen and encourage in different places. And we pray, God, continue to fill this place with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.com.